Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle, and I'm here to welcome you to Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries training videos. Today, my special guest is Kristen Poole. Kristen is women's minister at Dallas Bible Church. She has a THM from Dallas Seminary, and Kristen is an outstanding Bible teacher, and I wanted her to share a few things with us today. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you, Kay. I'm glad to be here. You can read more about Kristen on our website, and you you will want to do that to find out more about her. I'm just giving you the highlights here. Kristen, tell us just a little bit about how you've grown as a teacher, how you've grown as putting together your messages so that we can understand where we're going to go from here. Yes. Well, I moved to Texas to go to seminary. And as part of my degree plan, I was enrolled in some preaching classes. And uh, for anyone who's, who's taken a preaching class, you know that every teacher kind of has their own way of doing things and, and a model. And so I was kind of given a model for preparation for sermons and messages. And then I graduated and I got out kind of into the real world. And I realized that it needed to be altered a bit to kind of adapt to the the ways that I was teaching. So I've had the privilege of teaching women Bible study for the last six years. And so over those years, I've kind of honed the way that I prepare the messages for the women in Bible study. We usually try to, to prepare about a 20 to 30 minute message for our women. And I also lead a teaching team in the women's Bible study. And so this message preparation um, has really, for me, been kind of a honing process to get to where I have three steps that I think are super helpful. And I've actually put together a worksheet that I run through each time to help me remember how to work through those steps. And so this is very much practical for me. Every time that I'm teaching scripture, this is the process that I use to prepare that message. And I think that's great to have something written down because it's so easy to just take shortcuts when you're starting to prepare or you kind of get in a rut where certain things are kind of how you do it and you forget that maybe y'all should have spent more time on this, that, or the other. So I'm excited about this. I think it'll be really, really helpful to our audience. So I know that in this particular video, we're going to take three videos to go through this material and it could... I mean, as you said, you went to preaching classes, so you could take semesters to learn. And it's really sort of a lifelong process anyway, that you learn as you go, you learn from your experience, you learn from your mistakes. And as you said, that's how you've honed what you've done. So this first part is basically about the exegesis. And before we get into what that is, I think you should probably explain that terminology for anybody who's not real certain what that means and suddenly going exegesis. I have no idea what that means. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm going to hold off your question until I get into that step one, because I think that I know for myself, it's super easy to just jump straight into step one. 
without kind of having an orientation period where I spend time with the Lord. And so I wanted to briefly mention that teaching scripture is different than teaching any other kind of material because we are teaching truth from God's word. And I know the more that I do it, sometimes I get callous to that or I forget, and I just want to hop straight into step one. And so even in my worksheet um, that I use, I remind myself to reorient to the fact that I'm sitting under and putting myself in submission to the word of God when I'm teaching. Second Peter 1.20 says that scripture did not come about by any of the prophet's own imagination, but it was spoken out, breathed out by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we have a great opportunity to elevate the person and the work of Christ and the triune Godhead as we press into the word of God. And so I always want to reorient myself that it's not about teaching. It's really about living in submission under the scriptures and also to reorient myself to the fact that this is the Holy Spirit's work. So I need to be praying through this process. I need to be tapping into what the spirit is teaching me. And I also need to know that the word of God is living and active, and it is going to affect and change women's lives. I need to believe that and know that as I'm working through this teaching process, that I'm part of what that the Holy Spirit's doing. So I kind of call that an orientation. So I, in this process, will begin by reading through the text slowly, interpreting it, letting God's word affect me and change me. It's also a time where I can come and I can pray. I can pray that God would give me clarity, wisdom, and discernment for this unique time that I get to speak God's word in the lives of these women. And then often I'll pick a central verse just to meditate on so that first and foremost, this is a process of me engaging with the Lord and engaging in his word. And so that's kind of an orientation that I do in the, in the very, very beginning of this process. And then as you pointed to, I'll move into step one. So as we get into step one, I call this the exegesis step. And as you mentioned earlier, that's kind of a insider term that we don't always know what it means. Exegesis is studying and pulling out what's inside scripture. So going into the details and bringing it out to the surface. What we don't want to do when we're teaching from the word is impose some of our own ideas and thoughts. And so we want to go back to the original manuscripts as much as possible. If you know Greek or Hebrew, if not, that's why we're going to consult some commentaries along the way, but we want to go back and we have incredible English translations and we want to look and see what the original author intended. And we're going to pull out from those words and from those sentences in that context, what's going on in the passage. And so that's what we mean when we talk about exegesis. It means going back to the original text and drawing out what the author meant. So I've got several mini steps that then I will follow as I go through the step one exegetical process. So the mini step that I begin with is to write out some major observations it's really helpful to be able to give a synopsis of what's going on in the passage. I know for me, sometimes I'll be teaching on one, two, or three verses. That, that's kind of my sweet spot. Sometimes you, we don't have the luxury of that. Sometimes you have to, to speak on you know, a chapter or maybe even several chapters. And that's where writing down major observations is helpful so that you can really get to the, the meat of what's going on and not get distracted by some of the side issues in that passage. The next mini step to follow is to look up words. So I do word studies, either in Greek or in Hebrew. 
And once again, there's some incredible online resources you can use. You can go to Strong's, you can go to Vines if you if you prefer books. And there's also some incredible websites that you can look at just so that you can go to the original language. Though our translations are excellent, we need often to go and see, okay, what did the Greek term mean? What did the Hebrew term mean? And so it depends on your passage. Sometimes you won't need a word study. Sometimes it's kind of self-evident, but often I try to, to see if there are maybe two to three words that I can dig into and really get to understand what the original audience would have understood about that term. And you know, Kristen, I've not studied Greek and Hebrew, but I have found all of the types of resources that you've talked about very, very helpful. And sometimes you, when you get to your commentary study, which we'll talk about later, I know, sometimes when you do that, the commentator will mention how important a word is that you skip because you didn't realize how meaty or how, how important that word was to the passage until you get there. So those are helps as well. Yes, that's so true. And I know Logos and Accordance and some of these other Bible softwares, um, they even have apps now that people can use for free. So there's a lot of great tools out there to help with that. Mm -hmm. Well, after that, you mentioned it, I, I then we'll turn to commentaries. And if you're ever wondering, you know, how to, how to find good commentaries, well, I, I go to a resource that a graduate of Dallas Seminary produced. It's called bestcommentaries.com. And he will list out some of the top commentaries for each book of the Bible. It's really helpful. There's a, a rating system. My goal usually is to, to read about three commentaries for each of the passages that I'm going to be teaching on. So I'll read through, you know, I've already made my major observations. And so at this point, I kind of want to take notes. Are they lining up with my observations or are they teaching me something new? Are they highlighting something that I totally missed? And so I'm going to take notes on things that are novel or that I think, you know, need to be brought out. Anything that I missed kind of in my observation stage, it's, it's almost like getting to peer into their observation stage as the experts who have written these commentaries. So at this point, I've got my observations, I've got the, the experts' observations, and then I kind of distill it further and kind of try to make it a little bit more specific. And so at this point, I call it getting to the essence. And so this is where I ask the questions of who, what, where, when, why, and how. And not each one of those questions will be answerable in each text. Throughout scripture, we know we've got many different genres. We've got narrative and wisdom and poetry and letter. And so some of, some of these categories won't always work, but that helps me to kind of get at really the intent of that piece of scripture. And so now I've gotten, you know, I've gotten the details. I have the observations. Now I've gotten to the essence, the who, what, where, when, why, how. And so the most important part, I think, and the most clarifying part is, is the next step, which is to get to the exegetical thesis. And so I want to know what the original author intended when he wrote this verse or this series of verses or these paragraphs, whatever the passages that I've been given to teach. And a thesis, if we go back to you know, English literature or any of our training in the past, really is just a combination of a subject and a complement. And so I want to put together a subject and a complement into a thesis statement so that I can really clearly say, this is what the author is saying in this passage. Right. And as an English teacher, I would say, basically you're writing a sentence. You want to be sure 
that there's a subject and that there's some action or there's some verb to go along with it, right? That's right. So the subject will always be a noun. So it could be the kingdom of God. It could be Jesus. It could be the church. It could be the people of Israel, but it's going to be some, some noun that is kind of the who or the what that you found in your, in your last mini step. So that's going to be your subject. And then the compliment, like you said, is the last part of the sentence. It starts with a verb. And if you can, I think make that verb as active as possible. That's going to really help capture what's going on in the text. So I try to avoid like is words, although it can, it can be, but try to do, do verbs that will kind of be a little bit more active um, in talking about what that passage is going towards. So I thought I'd maybe provide an example of what that is. So right. recently I was teaching in Matthew five on the kingdom of God and looking at the six different examples that Jesus gives when he talks about how the old Testament law had been interpreted falsely by some of the, the first century Jewish rabbis. And so he says, you've heard it said this, and he quotes from the old Testament law. And then afterwards he says that he wants to kind of correct their way of thinking. So when I worked through that passage, I realized the subject is the kingdom of God. That's what we're talking about. The compliment then was this idea that God is going to require wholeheartedness from his people. He doesn't want them to externally follow the law and then to internally be not righteous. And so the, the verb I chose was requires. And so the way that I wrote it, it was the subject, the kingdom of God. And the compliment is requires wholehearted living. As you put that together, and that's my thesis statement for my message, the kingdom of God requires wholehearted living. Now, once you have that thesis, it's really easy to take the final step, which is to write out an outline. And you want to make sure that you write your outline logically and in parallel form. You don't just want to have random pieces of information. You want to make sure that each of the sub points in your outline flow one to another and are parallel. I usually try to keep myself to two or three subpoints in each category just to make sure that I'm not getting too detailed. But that's kind of the final process as I close my exegesis. Now I've got my thesis statement and my outline. And so I'm ready to move on to the next step. Which is what we'll do in the next video. So I invite all of you to join us for the next video. We look forward to, to being with you virtually and Kristen, when we get there, we'll talk about the very next step, the second out of three steps that she goes through as she prepares a message. Thank you, Kristen, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.